So, uh, have you been stockpiling? Uh, no, I haven't, no. Well, apart from red wine, maybe. I'd stockpiled that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked and I've decided I seem to have stockpiled uh, ink and stationery supplies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good work. Well done. Nice and practical as ever. Welcome to episode 107. 107. 107, yes. Um of the Midfaith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page. There's Joe Davis. <laughs> And boy, are we in weird times. Oh, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? Very, very strange. Hello to all you lovely listeners, and we trust you're all well and not, you know, panicking too much. And definitely not stockpiling. So, so here's a story. Let's get the grumpy stuff out the way first, shall we? And right. then, we can, then we can move to happier things. So we're going shop in the aisles. Uh, Rachel actually witnessed this week old an old person crying and a young mum crying because they... They can't get food because yeah, yeah. everyone's bought so much. It's ridiculous, isn't oh, it? Grr, grr. Well, what can you say? Yeah, well, you can say stop it. Just stop it. Stop being silly, everybody. Yes. That's what yeah. we want to say. Also, while I'm being grumpy, can I mm-hmm. just get this off my chest as well? People coming up and saying, oh, you'll do all right out of this, won't you? Because you're a funeral celebrant. Someone actually went up to a colleague of mine and said, oh, you must be grateful of this. You're going to be rolling in it. Oh, for heaven's sake. And he actually told him to (laughs) off, which I thought was a a fairly mild response, given given what had happened. You know, and he used a few other words as well, because, you know, A, we're not in this to make money. B, we're all self-employed. C, they're talking about closing the chapel. There before there'd be no services. They take direct ration. None of us know if we're going to be in work, and we could be out of work for three months. You just yeah. you just don't really know how it's going to roll. And I'm grumpy anyway because I'm not on holiday. But I know that seems very churlish to complain about that in the midst of such fear and terror. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the holiday was a bit of a. We were both yeah. due to go on we holiday. Were, but there you go. Not together, I hasten to add, listeners. Heavens no. But, uh, <laughs> you know, life, there are more important things, aren't there? So there, there, there certainly are. Yeah, you no, know. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. How's. Uh, is your daughter back? No, she is in Mexico right. with my brother. Where, and there are worse places to be in self isolation. Yes, I, I, so. I have yeah. to say, with the large garden and the swimming pool and. Warm sunshine, grr. And it's cold today, isn't it? So we waited till Friday to record this, uh, dear yeah. listeners, because we thought to, everything can change so much in 24 hours. We didn't want to do what we normally do, which is record on a Tuesday and have the whole world change. So here we are, almost live. Yes, almost live in every sense, actually, because <laughs> I've not <laughs> been very well. No, you so haven't. I'm, no, I don't think it's, you know, the thing, the plague. No, because there has been a nasty bug going round. <laughs> Apparently, there is. Well, yeah. yeah, but I don't think it's that. It was. It was another stuff anyway. But it was. Uh, I'm a little bit feeling a little bit more human today, but but not not entirely. So we'll have to see how things go. Okay. Um, we should say thank you. Yes. To Mark and Helen, uh, for the big conversation which happened at the weekend. Wasn't that great? It was good. I'm glad it could happen. Yes. 
Yes, it was really great. And uh, it was so good to meet the listeners. And also, I want to say a big shout out to Faye for the cheesy stickers and the bookmarks that she took the trouble to buy for me. (laughs) And she sent me a notebook full of uplifting verses. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she knows us so well. And then also Daniel for the pen. The pen, Daniel. Yeah, he gave us a couple of pens. It was lovely. And they're handcrafted. They're they're wooden and they're amazing. So yeah. thank you for that. And on, on the spirit of uh, irrelevancy, here's my favourite new fact. And I don't know whether you've ever thought about this, Nick. <laughs> that if Bjorn and Benny had in fact been called Sam and Dave, the band wouldn't have been called ABBA. It would have been called ASDA. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new bit of information this week. And it, frankly, it's lifting me. <laughs> Very good. You have to take comfort where you can find it. You at the do, really. <laughs> so anyway, people were probably feeling hopeful that we would have cancelled the podcast, I imagine, as Sunday services have been. But huh, no such luck. We're, here we are in self-isolation from each other. Well, there we are. Talking of that, this might be a good time to uh, give a little bit of feedback from... Well, not feedback, but I, I took the opportunity to get in touch with one of our regular listeners and see how she is. Um, Ethel. Oh, oh yeah. I thought I thought we should we should check in on her. We should her. keep an eye on her. You should keep an eye <laughs> on her. So I did um I did uh send her an email to see how she was, and she's written back. So um, right. let's do that straight away. She says, "Dear Reverend and Mrs. Davis, thank you for your query. I must admit that when I heard the government was taking steps to halt the spread of a highly toxic virus." I hope for one minute they had finally decided to ban your radio podcast. (laughs) But alas, not. Instead, we are faced with a plague, which is clearly God's punishment on our world for unbelief, immorality and the use of guitars in churches. But I am not afraid. On the contrary, as I said to the young man at the supermarket yesterday who had the temerity to call me vulnerable, it's the virus who should be scared. (laughs) Ethel, sad old person, does not catch coronavirus. Coronavirus catches Ethel. In this time, we are seeing amazing answers to prayer, she says. For example, the parish church of St. Veruca has shut its doors, and I've been praying for that for years. She says the largely heretical so-called Church of England might have stopped gathering for what it calls worship, but here in Upper Ramsbottom, we at the Stone the Heathen Tabernacle of Grace are made of more faithful stuff. So we will continue to meet, and our regular Sunday morning praise and condemnation meeting will go ahead as normal. <laughs> So please do not alarm yourself on my behalf. Instead, bethink you of your immortal soul, consider the manifold and great iniquities of your dreadful sins, and don't forget to wash your hands. Yours through him, by them, near that, and with an enormous pair of those, Ethel, sad old person, Mrs. Oh, so that's great, that's lovely to hear from her again. She Let's seems in good form, oh, really. So glad she's well. Yeah, I was worried, I have to say. I was thinking... Uh, it's not that she's vulnerable. Everybody around her in her immediate vicinity is vulnerable from her, basically. <laughs> it's extraordinary to think that there could ever be toxic people in our churches, isn't it? I know. I know. <laughs> still, so if you want a service, you could go to the Stone, the, the Heathen Tabernacle of Grace, and they're still they're still going. Otherwise, services are closed. Yeah, it's it's an incredible thing to think that, isn't it? Actually. Welcome to your world. Well, exactly. Welcome to my world. And, and people might, might get to like it a bit too much. If, <laughs> if now, somebody told me that this was the first time that church 
churches have been closed in, uh, in yeah. England, Britain, I guess, but England, uh, since 1208. Wow, that's extraordinary. Where apparently there was some kind of hoo-ha going yeah. on and they closed the churches for a few years. Yeah, and it's, but, it is it is awful because, you know, if I mean, I think the thing that church most means for a lot of people is community. So it's mm. horrible to be isolated from your community, full stop. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is terrible. But, you know, here we are, a virtual community, and we can still hang out because we can send emails to each other, joe at midfaithcrisis.org, if I haven't mentioned it before, and you can let us know when you want us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 people have been doing that for years. Yeah, that's that. true. <laughs> anyway, maybe some good will come. I mean, I'm sure in the great scheme of things, and perhaps it's too early to be talking about good that might come from it. But, you know, if people start valuing drivers and cashiers and all these so-called unskilled workers, I'm going this afternoon uh, to my mum for the last time for what seems like three months because they're mm. putting her home in lockdown. But, you know, at the uh, back of your mind is the thought, is this the last time I'm going to see you? Not just yeah. for now, but, yeah. Anyway, there we are. I put that thought to yes. the back of my mind. Shall we Shall we move on to some feedback? Shall we? Okay. So, from lovely Leslie, who says this, Dear Nick, and then, get this, and Joe in brackets. Why dear Nick with and Joe in brackets, Leslie? Not sure where she's coming from there. Anyway, she mm. says this. Uh, Greetings from three listeners in Sydney, Australia, Jane and John and Leslie. We stumbled across the podcast last year from Forgotten Origins, possibly a mention on social media somewhere, and have told most of our friends, family, colleagues and the bus driver how good it is, because the podcast (laughs) is indeed good. Well, thank you. (laughs) Says, we confess to having binge listened to every episode in a matter of months, and they have brought us great joy and encouragement. We were hoping to attend the Mid-Faith Crisis Gathering at Lee Abbey in June. Unfortunately, COVID-19 has made that impossible. On the upside, social distancing measures mean that we all have plenty of time to re-listen to all the episodes from the very beginning. That is commitment. says, wishing you both and all the MFC family peace and grace during this challenging time. Stay safe and wash your hands. Warm regards, Leslie. That was nice. Excellent. Uh, I suppose we ought to say in terms of Lee Abbey that um, I would have thought it's looking unlikely, but nothing's been said yet. Um, Lee Abbey is closed at the moment, but, you know, we don't know. Well... Um, so we live in uncertain times. Exactly. But we'll, we'll obviously keep you updated on on, on well, that as it happens. We will meet again, my friends. We, if you know, if that does get cancelled, and it probably yes. does look like it will be, um, we will certainly organise something else uh, whereby we mm. can see each other. So yeah, washing your hands. Yeah, yes, you know, we're like yes, dear Brian Draper. Um, we're not going to do the feedback from his episode because it make this episode too long. Um, but um. Brian Draper do, does a series of meditations for Lent. And actually, okay, he did one this week around, um, I can wait to say his name right, Albrecht Durer's iconic pen and ink drawing of praying hands. Uh, and it was, it was just encouraging a little uh, hand-washing ritual prayer, which I thought was a really good idea. Now all of us are sort of engaging in that mm. stuff far more. And um, basically, just it's just three points. Wash us clean. We are in your hands and help us be your hands are the three sort of statements. So so the first one, as you wash your hands to think about is wash us clean and to remember the words of Psalm 51. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. One of the more, you know, top 10 Psalms, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah so we're on board with that one. Uh, point number two we are in your hands uh, just a again just a good thing to be thinking about regularly uh the life of every living thing is in your hand it's what job said 
commit yourself afresh to God. And then the third one uh, from Teresa of Avila, you know, this idea of help us be your hands. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands, no feet, but yours. So it's just a little ritual. Wash us clean. We are in your hands. Help us be your hands. I quite like that. That's very nice. Yeah. And um, if you have any um, sort of rituals or way that you're going to worship or pray while self-isolating, um, do yeah. let us know. You know, we want to share a lot of um, ideas, I think. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah, we really do. Well, should we move on to some other feedback? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, okay. So, uh, Steve, um, uh, this is feedback on the healing episode. I mean, I... We will draw a line under it eventually, but there's some good stuff here. So we're going to keep going with it. And frankly, if you keep sending us thoughtful and poignant emails, we're going to keep reading them out. That's how we roll here. So Steve <laughs> says this. Hi, I really enjoyed your interview the other week about healing. And I have always wrestled with that question. And why did God heal that person? And why not the other person? It took me back to my teenage years. My grandfather died when I was about 14 years old and I was very close to him. An interview reminded me of something he said to me. I cannot remember what it was relating to exactly, but he said to me, when people are fighting illness, what tends to ultimately finish them off in the end, to put it crudely, is when they mentally give up the fight. It was something along those lines. He died of cancer in his early 70s, and I remember at that time it was a late diagnostics. It didn't take long for him to go. I remember mum telling me he tried to fight it, but decided to give in to the cancer and not fight it. From listening to that interview, uh, it made me think of a prayer for healing as praying to give me strength to heal. Now, I like that phrase, praying to give me strength to heal. He said, I would also tie this up in the subject of prayer. I think Chalk said in one of his video talks or a tweet that he believes in prayer. But the problem with prayer is too often we see it as trying to force the hand of God to do something. Mm. Whereas I now see prayer as trying to give me the strength, the wisdom and the power to change things. That is a huge challenge to us. We cannot heal the cancer of a sufferer or fix certain situations. But what we can do when somebody wants prayer is not just being superficial and say we will pray for you, which in some cases I think can be a cop out. But we can see our prayers as words of encouragement to give you, to give you strength with your suffering. Also a petition to ourselves of what can I do practically to bring God's kingdom into your life. And he says those were my thoughts on a brilliant, honest episode. Great. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, yeah, lots of issues in there. Undoubtedly, state of mind has a, a massive effect, doesn't it, on terms of yes. people's healing and stuff like that. It really but, does. But I think it links in, in a sense, with what you were just saying about Brian Draper's thing. As, you know, part of the thing we pray there is, you know, as he said, what can I do practically to bring God's kingdom into your life? Yeah. You know, what what are we going to be called to do to help at that point? And that could be a very real issue going forward from here. Yeah. You know, what yeah. are we going to be called to do? Yeah, exactly. To, to be to be the hands in the world. Yeah, I think this takes me back to something you said in in the episode that you don't want to rule out. You know, the mystical and the intervention and all that sort of thing. You know, there is there is this mystical element. It's like you don't want to say, yeah, positive uh, thinking heals you, but at the same time, no. there's no doubt that positive healing, that positive thinking actually can heal, can help in healing. And oh, you I'm don't sure want to, and case, you don't want to yeah. say I don't want to rule out an interventionist God divinely inspiring, but at the same time there's 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 power in prayer, and so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. we're walking that balance, aren't we? And I think um, Steve really helped us articulate some of those tensions really well there. Hmm. Good. Okay, shall we move on to what Joe says? Yes. Okay, so Joe, she says. 
Uh, well, she wrote in with a story on how a sermon on healing was cancelled. Ironically, she did. <laughs> she did so I, I really hope the person who was due to preach it was ill. <laughs> well, I think it I could really have been the case. So. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> it ended up with a kind of sharing time, and so she was rather put in the spotlight. And she says this, So I found myself standing at the lectern. I can't remember what I said word for word, so I'll tell you the story I told then. And she says this, I'm a well-known face in this church because I'm part of the worship team, as is my husband Chris, and we have a lovely little girl who's nearly five now. What you don't know is that we lived with infertility for a few years before Laura was born. After she was born, we conceived very easily for a while and lost every pregnancy. My first miscarriage was in May 2016 and almost died. And by the time Laura was two and a half, her six younger siblings had all died long before they were ready to be born. Yeah. Our last loss was in January 2018 and since then we've been living with secondary infertility and I live with grief, depression and PTSD. My reason for telling you all this is to remind you that we never know who amongst us is living with grief. When you've had a miscarriage, people like to say things like God needed your baby more than you do or God needed another angel. I don't for a moment believe that God caused my miscarriages and I wouldn't be worshipping him if I did believe that. But I do know that God can and does redeem anything. I am not the person I was before this happened, but I do believe I'm a better version of myself and closer to the person God intended me to be. And the one thing I have learned more than anything else is that kindness matters most. Grief comes in waves and when it does, it's really important to focus on small things. Kindness doesn't need to be big. And it can make a huge difference to other people. Smile at someone, compliment their clothes, write them a letter, draw a picture. Or you can spend money, take someone out for a coffee or uh, or give them some flowers or chocolates just because kindness matters. I really do believe that we can change the world by focusing on the little things, on being kind. He says that was a couple of weeks ago and since then my physical health has been poorer than usual and now the whole world is in or close to quarantine. Now I think kindness is even more important. I've been approached by quite a lot of people since I spoke, several of whom I didn't recognise, who have told me how brave I was to stand and speak. I hope that some of them have decided to be kind. I just wanted to add that I absolutely believe God heals, but healing doesn't always look like the way we expect it to. And as a result of my experiences, I've started to blog about miscarriage, grief and joy, and every day on Facebook, I write about something I'm thankful for. I know that people are uplifted and helped by my writing because they tell me so. This is not what I wanted when I first prayed for healing, but it is most definitely of God. Well, Joe, thank you for that. And uh, you are speaking my language. And I could tell you time and time again how how performing the most insignificant act of kindness to someone, which, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd even count as being kind. I think it would just be like, oh, well, I just did that. And then mm. you turn turns out years down the line that you said something or you did something at exactly the right moment in someone's life, and it actually did change their life. Mm. Um, so I I really do believe in what you're saying about small acts of kindness. And man, now's the time for them, isn't it? Yeah, and I was as you were reading that, you know, people say the stupidest things, don't they? But they don't say it because yeah. of. They say it because they want to try and help in some way, and yes, they think of course. that's how it's going to yeah. do it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they, they 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 don't know what to say, so they say anything. Yes, <laughs> and and you know, I'm sure I've I've been just as crass at times. Mm. Uh, so 
maybe that that's point that's really helpful because an act of kindness is better than saying the wrong thing basically or or trying to fix it yeah yeah exactly right exactly right and yeah i mean we always thought that about um a dear old lady who came to Rachel, I've said before on the, on the podcast, she said, oh, don't worry, darling, this is God's way of getting rid of defective babies. And oh, you, yeah. you look back with <laughs> hindsight and you realise that was her trying to work it yeah. through in her mind yeah. with the, her yeah. theology and what she believes about God. Yeah. That was yeah. that was the answer that fitted her world. She wasn't trying to, you know, she no. genuinely did want Rachel to feel better. Of course, yes. that was the yes. mo- that's where it came from, but yes. it didn't work. Yeah, there we go. So I suppose, you know, thinking about, well, what do you say to people who are grieving? What do you say to people about that kind of yeah. stuff? We should maybe touch on, at this time, what what do we say to people who are living with anxiety or fear at this time? Um, yeah. You know, it is remarkable how much has changed in a, 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 a what, 10 yeah. days since we yeah. recorded the last podcast. Yes. It's astonishing, it's ext- isn't it? Yeah, it is incredible, yeah. Um, it really is. And I thought, well, I'd, I'd kick it off because yeah, I was asked it. to speak to staff on uh, uh, Tuesday where I work about, you know, really what was happening and and a kind of theological mm. perspective on it or whatever or, or, you know, to help them think about it. Mm. And it's quite a big ask, really. Yeah, it I is, isn't really it? I really know what to say. But I focused on a couple of things. And the first one was the idea of the kingdom of God being a perfectly safe and good place to be, which is something we've talked yeah, about yeah. on this podcast. I think it's a tre- Trevor Hudsonism, isn't it? Or well, uh, Dallas-Willardism. Dallas. It's Dallas. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. yeah. But it, it's something that I always think I have to remind myself of because never mind what's happening at the moment. Most days I don't really grasp hold of that. I don't no. know about you. No, you know. exactly. Um so, but I think that's really important. The, the kingdom of God is a perfectly safe and good place to be, and it's something to remind ourselves of. And it doesn't, but it doesn't mean that that bad things in that sense won't happen. No, um, exactly right. You know, I always use that idea of in Mark eight, where uh, you know Jesus says, "Who do you say I am?" And Simon Peter says, "You know, well, you're the Christ." And Jesus, says, "Well done." And now I've got to go and suffer and die. So mm. it's kind of like the the mm. idea of the messianic. Yeah kingdom of god was here but that it was totally different to what they expected it and mm. somehow could encompass pain and death and suffering mm. and so the kingdom of god is not disneyland no no does that make sense yeah kind of no like, it does yeah, yeah it completely does yeah um no, so that I was the first thing to talk about really that, that that i think we have to say that whatever happens there's a deeper kind of safety and a deeper goodness and a deeper sort of um truth about where we live at, at, yeah. at the moment as used to say in in the kingdom of god everything is happening just as god wants it and his his thought being that we can we can access that kingdom again right. just as you're saying we're not immune from the hardships and the difficulties and the terrors of the world no 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 we're definitely in the world but hmm. but this kingdom of god we can embrace in the midst of it and that was his point Mm. Yeah, so so I kind of wanted to establish that to start with, that there's a broader picture. And the second thing I I felt really wanted to talk about, I talked about Jeremiah. um, Jeremiah 31, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Um, 31. And it's that bit where Jeremiah... um, Jeremiah does this really weird thing, and that's going something for somebody who spent three years dressed in their underwear, basically. Mm. Um, You know, he, he does... he. 
he he buys a field. You'd probably know this story. Oh, yeah. This story? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, yeah. basically, the whole of Judea has been grabbed by the Babylonians, which is extremely painful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hate being grabbed by the Babylonians. <laughs> I have my Babylonians <laughs> grabbed, and it's not good. Um, so... Th- the whole, the whole of Judea has been invaded by the Babylonians. They're all around. He's he's basically he's living in Jerusalem, which is a city under lockdown. It just seemed so to feel yeah. this. His city under lockdown. Not only that, he's under arrest. So he's in what you might call social isolation. Yeah, <laughs> self isolation. And 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 he gets a chance to buy a field. And the field that he gets that he, he buys is three miles outside Jerusalem to the north. Um, Basically, it's it's exactly where the Babylonians are camp, mm. camped. So he basically buys a field full of Babylonian soldiers, mm. which is not perhaps the ideal cash flow. <laughs> I don't know. It's not... Exactly. It's a, it doesn't instantly make sense. <laughs> no. So, and, of course, the point is it's an act of faith, isn't it? It's God yeah. saying "I." there will come a time once yeah. more. There's wonderful words in Jeremiah. Once more, the fields will be, fields will be bought in this land. Um, fields will be bought for silver. Deeds will be signed, sealed, and witnesses. People will return. You know, things yeah. will change. It won't always be like this. Yeah. So I wanted to remind people of that, but also to to kind of say, well, what are the fields we're being asked to buy? Because I think this ties in what we were saying earlier about the little acts of kindness. What are the, what are yeah. the? Because because really, buying a field is not a big thing. You know, this was a small field. Buy it's not yeah. a big thing in the grand scheme of a Babylonian invasion. Not yeah. to make a blind bit of difference. No. But it had a disproportionate impact in the sense that it expresses something. Yeah. So what are those small acts that we should be called to do, which we could say, well, wh- which fields am I going to buy yeah. during this? Yeah. How am I going to plan ahead? What am I going to change yeah. in the future? Um, yeah, it's just those no, things that we a... do that give people a sign of hope. So yeah, that's, that's really, really what good. I, I, remember, I remember when... Um... Uh, Ruth, you know, got to the stage where she couldn't have any alcohol. She couldn't have whiskey. We bought her a mm. bottle of whiskey, and we we, we labelled it all up as the herbal, you know, cancer cure right. and everything. But the point was, it was it was exactly based around this passage that it was the it was the whiskey of promise That's that this great. this chemotherapy will end. We shall be drinking whiskey uh, together again, and that will be good. And you know, the bottle will not be opened until such time. Uh, that's fantastic. And, that's uh, exactly the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. What, yeah. What. What are you going to do? Because one thing, I, you know, yeah. I, 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 we can do this stuff that I think will give, hopefully will give people the idea that there is, there is actually much more to life than just things getting back to normal. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't want that yeah. just to no, be the case. Point. Yeah. I, I want things to have changed and I want people to be able to express their faith in different ways. So, yeah, yeah I, I just found it a helpful thing to think about, well, what, what fields, what small acts of faith can we do to show there's a bigger perspective in a bigger world than this yeah that's really great are you going to are you going to suggest any practical things or just leave it to well no i just think it's up to you i'd like to hear what people say i mean what i can do i because of the nature of the talk you know i actually wrote it up in a lot more detail than i normally Mm. do so i might put that on the website and so people can come and that's good idea have a look at that well they're not going to be getting a sermon on sunday so why not no they might as well have have read one of nick's yeah (laughs) And um, and it did talk about my so one in it I say my my grandmother, is my dad's mum and she uh, um, she she um, you know she she lived through the war she she uh, she bought a few things out of the war with her. She's one of one of which was um, the, the her way of cooking vegetables obviously mm. which was to boil everything yeah, until know, it was so liquid. Did mom, you have this? Yeah, my mum. Yeah. What do you mean? That was my childhood. You've just described. <laughs> 
I mean, the only meals I've ever had <laughs> where the vegetables were more fluid than the gravy. Exactly. <laughs> and she used to say to me, and the other thing she used to say was, you know, how, how good it was during the Blitz, how everybody yeah. was kind to one another. And I used to yeah. say, well, not everyone. Some of, some of them were dropping bombs on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. And she would say, shut up and drink your cabbage. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> I think it is true to say that actually these periods will be revealing yeah. in a number of ways of the yeah. kindness and of the pettiness of people and yeah, we exactly. just have to bear those in mind you know but I think yeah. we will see good in people yeah um, I um, hope we will no exactly and I was saying to my mum about you know the rush on things because you know like we couldn't get her the you know various things that she it's rich tea biscuits mm. in in Worthing there's been a run on rich tea biscuits I mean it's <laughs> You know, that Worthing says it all, really, only, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. The only place in the world where so, we do biscuits are up there. Anyway, with the we take her this mind. little parcel every week and we won't be able to. And she was saying, you know, she was saying, you know, well, perhaps people are a bit more selfish now than they used to be in the mm. war. But this is the facts are we had rationing in the war. And then she was telling me about the rationing and they really were very small rations that a family yes, got. It's only yes, a few ounces yes. of meat a week and, you know, not not much at all. Yeah, no. yeah, incredible so, times. So hopefully so. we'll, we'll yeah. see some bits and pieces coming out, some better uh, attitudes, but who knows. But in the meantime, I think it's up to us to yes. to, to buy the field in a, in a way, to, you know, to do those small acts of That's faithfulness. That's a really, that... really great thought. Yeah, thanks for that. Good. That's You're good. Lot. And may I say how much I enjoyed working with you last Saturday at the big conversation. It was like, fun, wasn't it? It's good that we should, we should work together sometime. We should. That's what yeah, made me should... think. How about once a week? All right. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> That'd be enough. Yeah. Anyway, right. friends, we really do wish you well in these strangest of times. And mm. ha- hang on in there, wash your hands, do all that stuff. And uh, and if you have a spare time on a clean, safely disinfected typewriter, <laughs> typewriter, keyboard, <laughs> why don't you drop us an email? We'd love to hear from you. That'd be great. That would be great. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, yes, and do do keep safe and, yeah. um, and look out for the fields. Yes, indeed.